0: Welcome to the Startup Smarter Podcast, the best audio show for people who are ready to turn their big ideas into big income. Each week, we explore effective business strategies, guest interviews, and success stories that will help transform the hard grind of starting a business into a smarter and more scalable experience. Here's your host, Joe Johnson. Hey, and welcome back to the Startup Smarter Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Johnson. And on today's podcast, we're gonna be speaking with my friend, Erin Mack. We're gonna learn how she went from owning and working in her hospitality business for 18 years before finally finding the clarity she needed to sell her business and begin helping others find their purpose and identify what's standing in the way of living the life that they want. And the reason I wanted to have Erin on the show is because I look to her as an expert on mindset. In our conversation, we talk about why getting clarity on your mindset and your entrepreneurial vision is so important, because whatever limited beliefs you're operating with right now within your subconscious will keep you at the same level that you're currently at and not allow you to excel and reach those limits that you deserve to be at. All right. This was a very fun episode to record with my friend Aaron Mack, and I hope you enjoy it. Aaron, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Joe. Happy to be here.
0: Aaron, please tell the people what it is that you do.
1: Um, I do some one-on-one business coaching. I also am an Infinite Possibility Certified Trainer, and I do workshops based on a New York Times bestselling book by Mike Dooley. Uh, he was also on the movie The Secret. Some of you may have seen that or read it. And I help them figure out what's standing in the way, dismantle those beliefs, and get to where they want to be. I do that one-on-one. I do it with partners. And then I also do take this information into the corporate world. And my specialty is employee retention. All
0: right. So before you were helping people find their purpose, what were you doing? And how did that lead you down this path of becoming a transformational coach?
1: Well, so I've been delving into self-development for a long I have a degree in psychology from San Francisco State University, and, you know, I was in the business world, and I had my own um, service business for the last 18 years, and I just was on my path. Uh, I mean, the joke is that if you get a degree in psychology, it's really you working on yourself, <laughs> um, and if you really want to get into the self-development, you'll start your own business and be in business for yourself. <laughs> If you aren't focused on self-development um, in your own business, you're missing something. Uh, it, it's the quickest way besides being a parent to uh, really understand who you are and how you present in the world. So just a combination of things coming up in my life and wanting to work on that and being in business and wanting my business to grow and be successful and wanting to learn how to communicate well with others. So that I could, you know, provide services. And I find that uh, most of the people that I work with are entrepreneurs just for this very reason, because uh, working on yourself is the way to have a successful business, I believe.
0: All right. Now, you mentioned that you had a business for 18 years before you sold it, and that's a pretty big deal of successfully keeping a business going for that long. Can you tell me a story of how you went from running that business to this completely different new business of being a transformation coach?
1: Yeah, 18 years of business, you know, talk about having to be flexible. And, and as you know, as a business owner, evolution is happening constantly, you're evolving, the business is evolving, new information is coming in, you're having to adjust, it's just it's an incredible, incredible way to um, be flexible, learn and grow. Um, How I created this new business out of that business, I met a gentleman named Mike Dooley uh, several years ago. He has notes from the universe, which come into your email inbox once a day. He's got almost a million followers that get his notes from the universe. Started getting the notes from the universe. And then last year in January, I received email from him saying that he was doing a seminar in Honolulu. And I thought, oh, you know, as a business owner, you're constantly working on yourself to create more value. And I thought, you know, this is an opportunity. Maybe I've been a little stagnant. I'm going to go ahead and go to this seminar and see what I can learn. I walked in and um, the seminar was called Playing the Matrix. And I was enthralled the entire, I don't remember how many hours I was there. And I thought, gosh, you know, here's a new start. I can go home and I can start new. And I got home and I began visualizing in the very specific way that he speaks of. And incredibly, all these things started lining up in my life. I had, um, my business had been for sale for six months. My broker was sort of hassling me about, you know, changing the price. Maybe we need to come down. But I was very clear when I, the business up for sale, that it was going to sell for this particular price, and I wasn't willing to waiver. And when I came home from that seminar, I called him up and I said, look, Mark, <laughs> uh, my business is going to sell by the end of the month, and I've been told by a friend that it's going to go into a bidding war, I'm just letting you know. And of course, you know, he was not <laughs> super excited to hear this information, although you think he would be. He went well, you know, Aaron, uh, everybody'd like to think that that's the case. Um, But and I said, no, 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 I'm very clear this is happening. Just letting you know so that you can prepare yourself. And uh, lo and behold, within a week, it went into escrow with a bidding war. And through this visualization, you know, it was very clear to me it was going to sell by the end of the month, was going for clearly more than ask because of the bidding war. And then I said to myself that whoever bought the business was the right person to buy the business because I was clear on my visualization, but I was clear that it was going to go to the right people. So I was able to start managing my emotions around what things looked like. And for me, that was enough to go, this is very interesting.
0: How long did this process from having this new mindset to getting your business sold take you?
1: So all that exciting happened in three weeks. Um, And then I got an email from Mike saying, I've got a training coming up. Would you like to learn how to teach people what I do? And I thought, man, would I? So I went to the training. It was in New Orleans for a week. And I immersed myself in it and the training was super spot on. And I came back and I set up two workshops right away because I thought, you know, I really want to get this information out there. I want other people to experience this joy, be able to manage their emotions so that they're not, you know, having to be like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Oh my gosh, this is happening. And anxiety and stress and all these things that we've come to learn to deal with, but not in a positive way.
0: And this is really pertinent for a lot of entrepreneurs that are thinking about starting or are currently trying to figure out, like, how am I going to get my side hustle to be my full time gig? And I think mindset is a huge roadblock for a lot of people that tell themselves, like, no, I can't do it or no, I'm not good enough to do that. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you and have you on the podcast because I know mindset's your thing and you help people make those big leaps in those big transformations. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, part of the reason that I do one on one coaching is because. I love being people's cheerleader. If you have a big idea or a big dream of something that you want to do, I'm your gal to tell. I'm the one that's going to say, "Yeah, go for it!" And here's how you're going to do it. Um, sometimes, you know, we have family and friends with, you know, they have their own limiting beliefs about, uh, you know, how business works or all these things. And um, and sometimes, even though you know they love you to death, they just don't want to see you fail and they don't want you to get hurt and and, um, and I'm here to say that all those things are possible. It's just, as you said, it's a mindset thing. If there's not an area of your life where you're not trying to get to the next level, either personally, in business then I would say you're probably not striving big enough or um, your goals aren't big enough. They're not stretching you enough because if you're just setting goals that you can attain in a short period of time or that don't kind of get you a little bit of butterflies, I would suggest that you strive just a little bit higher.
0: And I love that you mentioned that about goals, like they need to be big enough, right? You're not thinking big enough and you need to be comfortable with that stretch because one of the things that I feel I feel at is that when it comes to the mindset portion of becoming an entrepreneur, because it sounds like you and I are very simpatico in this idea that there's a direct correlation between your preconceived notions about business and about money and success and the success that you see on the output of your business. Uh, if you don't feel very confident about your ability to be a successful entrepreneur, that's going to affect the overall output of yourself and your team. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. I'll tell you, Joe, one of the the very first thing that I do with everybody, everybody to write it out, details, everything, day in the life. What does it look like? When do I wake up? What's happening throughout my day? How am I feeling? You know, Who are my clients? All of that you don't have that in place, I can tell you exactly where you're going to be in a year, 10 years, tomorrow. I mean, and also I will say as an aside, when you write out those details, they need to be as though you've already accomplished them. The stuff I'm talking about dealing on the subconscious level, that stuff is not tapped into that easily, to be honest. We, we use about 5% of our conscious mind through the day. is subconscious. We are acting out of history, things that have happened to us. So if you don't have a clear view of what your future is going to look like, you're not making steps towards it.
0: So it sounds like having that roadmap to success is super key. But I do have a question for you. What would you say is the number one reason people fail to realize their joy and their purpose that they were meant for that you've seen?
1: Yeah. You know, for me, okay. There's a couple things. Like one of the things is we all have these stories, right? Uh, everybody's had moments that didn't feel good, but what I'll say is, you know, we have all these stories. And one of the things that I do with my clients is I say, tell me your story. Even when I've heard these incredible stories of, you know, loss and trauma and, and sometimes just, you know, this happened and it didn't make me feel good. Or my parents got divorced or at this young age. And, all these things. And then I tell them, I say, listen, I don't want to disrespect your story and the people in it that you can't tell that story anymore. Cause that story is not happening right now. That story already happened and on a subconscious level. You're not able, your subconscious is not able to distinguish between that story having happened in the past and it happening right now again, because you just told it but it's not who they are.
0: That's really interesting. I've never thought of it like that. You can't tell that old story anymore because it's what's holding you back. And for the person that embraces this kind of thinking about their identity, it sounds really liberating. And I would say that you yourself are proof of this concept. After doing some research, we found out that on top of everything else that you're doing, you also run a nonprofit that helps kids in poverty. So I'm curious Why did you feel compelled to take a stand on this particular issue when you had so many other things going on?
1: The idea that people don't have food on a regular basis to me is just uh, deep seated. I don't understand it. Knowing what I know about how much food is created, especially in our country, that there are still people that don't have food, just there is just such a huge disconnect for me. So it was, you know, not surprising that I you know, chose the food bank. Well, I spoke with the lady at the food bank and I said, you know, what, where does this food go? She said a lot of it goes to soup kitchens. And then if people are really in need, emergency situation, families can come and basically shop in the food bank. But it's that's not really what it's set up for. And I thought, oh, that's super cool. I'm going to create an event around this.
0: I think you're being modest. It wasn't just a small event that you threw. It was a big multi-part affair with like tennis tournaments and auctions over the course of several days.
1: I'm just a little bit crazy. As you get to know me, you'll understand that I never do anything like halfway. (laughs) So, and I'd never done a fundraiser before. And I thought, this is awesome. I'm going to just do this. Well, I don't know if you've ever been like totally in alignment with something this is a crazy task, right? I have a business I'm running. I have a single mom. <laughs> and then I decide I'm going to do this whole fundraising. Well, if I could create enough money from the tennis tournament, I should, you know, add some other pieces to it so we can create even more money. Right. so I thought, oh, okay, well, what creates money? Well, how about like a gala dinner? So now I have a tennis tournament and a gala dinner. And then I was like, Well, what's the other thing? I could create like a whole festival around it. So there was like booths and food and people would hang out all day, not only just to play tennis, but because there was all these killer vendors and then they would come and they would go home and take a shower and come back to the gala. And there was a live and silent auction and all kinds of entertainment that I had lined up and I had entertainment during the day too. Uh, everything just fell into place. I mean, it was the most ridiculous thing. Like I would call people and say, look, I'm doing this fundraiser for the food bank. Do you have any interest in contributing, being a sponsor? I mean, everybody said yes, yes, yes. People were coming out of the woodworks. How can I help you? How can I volunteer my time? Other people were like, let me run the tennis tournament part for you and you can concentrate on something else. And It just was seamless. And at the end of the day, or the end of three days, (laughs) I was able to hand a $15,000 check to the food bank. And I thought, that's pretty phenomenal. What else can
0: I do? That's amazing. All right. We're coming to the end of the interview. And it it sounds like you've been able to overcome a lot of these roadblocks by, you know, number one, finding your clarity. And I love that about you. Because again, mindset is everything. And I feel like most entrepreneurs need to come across their mindset first and figure that out before they get into the real nuts and bolts of their business. Uh, But I want to end with a question, uh, and we asked all of our guests this one question, and that is, if you had to start over again from day one, what would be your number one tip for launching a successful business?
1: Well, you touched on it, and I would say getting clarity, and that's in a lot of different ways. Not only getting clear on who are you and what's the value that you're bringing, like I talked about before, getting clear on your passionate view of your future. When you have a passionate view of your future, when you're faced with people asking you to do things that don't that aren't in alignment with your business, aren't in alignment with who you are, then you can turn to that passionate view and go, "Oh, that's right. I, I listed out these bullet points that doesn't fit with mine." You know, then you don't get distracted and sidetracked. Uh, listen, if you're not if you're going to work or you're working for yourself. And the exchange of time away from family, friends, and the things that you love to do, it better be a good 40 hours doing something that provides purpose and joy on some level where you're helping other people. Otherwise, the exchange is not worth it in my estimation.
0: Great, great insight. All right, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing what you know. Where can people go to find more about what you're up to out there in the world?
1: On my website, aaron maccom That's aaron-e-r-i-n. E-R-I-N. I have listed all the services that I provide, tools on kind of how to reshape some thinking. But yeah, all there on the website and I look forward to connecting with all of your listeners.
0: Again, thanks for coming on the show and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you, Joe, so much for the opportunity. I think you're doing really great stuff. I appreciate all of the help that you've helped me in my business and the opportunity to come and speak my truth.
0: I hope you enjoyed my interview with Erin from ErinMack.com. She is an expert on mindset and helping others reach their potential. And most importantly, she's out there doing the work, running businesses while finding enough time and dedication to run a nonprofit at the same time. Now, some of my biggest takeaways from this episode was that I need to have written down what I want my future to look like, not based on what things look like right now, but what I truly want to achieve and not be afraid to stretch because you never know what's possible. Also, Erin has some great tools and videos over at her website. And if you wanna check them out, I'll link them up in the show notes, and you can check all those links by heading over to startupsmarter.net forward slash podcast and looking for episode zero five. And lastly, before you leave, I had one more announcement. If you're in the Portland, Oregon area between July 6th through July 13th, I'll be teaching live business workshops at the University of Portland. This event is put on by the group Young Entrepreneurs Business Week, or YEBW. And their mission is to teach high schoolers what it means to be an entrepreneur, how to put together a pitch deck, how to execute successful marketing campaigns, and how to interpret financials. (laughs) So, pretty much all the things that I missed out on when I was younger, they'll have a chance to learn from some of the big names in the space. And it's going to be a fun partnership where I'll have a chance to volunteer, give back, and teach the youth how to be better entrepreneurs. So if you have kids and you want to expose them to entrepreneurship and you're in the area, I highly recommend checking out their website at yebw.org. And you can also get those details over at our Facebook group. All right, my friends, that wraps up episode number five of the Startup Smarter Podcast. This is Joe Johnson signing off, and I'll see you in the next episode.